Welcome to the Living Hope Parent Gathering Podcast. The Parent Gathering is a weekly meeting of parents who are being trained for family discipleship through instruction and small group discussion. Listen now as we discuss principles for discipling your children. Today, our theme is rhythms for the school year. You know, it's always fun at the end of the school year as we move into summer, if you have school-age kids, to think about, oh, it's just going to be nice to have the flexibility of summer, to not have that routine, to not have that rigid schedule. But then toward the end of of summer, you're like, oh, I just can't wait to have that schedule again, that rhythm to kind of know what to expect. Everybody's getting up, everybody's getting out the door, that type thing if you have school-age children. And so there is something to be said about rhythms and routines. While we like the flexibility that sometimes summer brings, there is just a peacefulness and a comfort of having rhythms and routines. And so much of our kids' routines revolve around schooling and education by the time that they are school age. But there's a bigger question for us to ask as we move into this new school year is, what is our plan to help build character and faith in our children this school year. Because it's like a brand new restart. You know, that's why we see an uptick in even our attendance in church on Sunday mornings, because for parents and for families, this is like a New Year's resolution, a new year for us as we start a new school year. And so it's a great time to be thinking about building spiritual rhythms inside our existing routine. So I'm not asking and saying, I want you to completely change what your daily routine looks like. It's like, no, we're gonna talk about what it means to build spiritual rhythms inside your already existing routine. So what is a spiritual rhythm? It's a time in your everyday life where you choose to take a moment to point your children toward Christ. So routine builds stability and spiritual rhythms build character, but what does that look like? A great model that we continually use if you've been a part of Parent Gathering for any um, season is uh, Deuteronomy 6, 5 through 7, where God shares this strategy with the Israelites. It says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise. And so this passage, it makes Jesus a part of just everyday life. And so there are really four rhythms that are outlined in this passage that I'm gonna talk about this morning. The key is remember to start simple. And remember these aren't new routines, but rhythms that you can build into your current routines. Because I know if you are wired like I am, sometimes I get a bright idea or I just think, oh, this is a new school year and we are going to do it right. And we are going to do A, B, C, D, E, F, G, all these things every day, every day, every day. Great intentions, but we just cannot do that. That is just not sustainable. And so I want to encourage you guys to just start simple. As I go through some of these things this morning, think about maybe what is one thing that you could start implementing into your daily routines with your children and then even with your own uh, personal time as well. So rhythm number one, at home. It's important that your child sees that your faith isn't just at church or just on Sundays or just a church thing, but that it's personal to you. Because if you set that example that your faith, your relationship with Christ is personal, 
that it's an everyday thing, then it will become personal for them as well. Uh, every parent has struggled, experienced the struggle of trying to create and sustain healthy spiritual habits at home. Again, I can speak from experience on that. We have great intentions, but life gets really busy. So even if you were a champion of prayer, Bible reading, or scriptural memory before you had kids, it's a completely different challenge, isn't it? To integrate those rhythms into a busy family life. And technology, even though it looks like it should help, it doesn't always help because it provides a lot of distractions. And the more connected we are to the things of the world, the more distracted we are. So connecting with God in a tech-frenzied world isn't simple, but it can get better with intentionality. We can cultivate those spiritual rhythms in our home by being intentional about pointing our kids to Christ and modeling it. One thing that I've learned over the years is we can harp on our kids and tell them to do things and show them, show them, show them how they should do it, but until we are willing to model it for them, it's not easy for them, but how quickly they adapt when they actually see us doing those things. So in the handout, I listed some tangible ways in a bit that we'll be able to do that. And in a bit, we're gonna go over those in more detail, but we're gonna move on to the next rhythm right now. The next one is on the road. So what did the scripture say? When you walk by the way, well, in today's terms, we're uh, on the road in our cars, right? So when you're in the car with your kids, it's a great time to invest in them spiritually. When they're small, worship music, a seeds family worship is a great way to pour the truth of God's scripture into them. And as they get older, sometimes the car is the best place to have spiritual conversations because you know what? You don't have to be eye to eye. No eye contact required. Sometimes that's good for our older kids. And then as they get even older, it's a great opportunity for conversations because they can't escape. So <laughs> a car is a great place to have those conversations. When they're little, some even times that I'll use examples is just to even look out and see God's creation. For them to be able to see how is that uh, cloud in the sky? Look how blue the sky is. When they get older, they don't see the world through those same lenses, but we can still have those conversations with them. The third rhythm is going to bed. Again, if you've known me for any length of time, you know that that is a sweet time in our family. It's the sweetest time that we have seen to have spiritual conversations with our kids. Sometimes it's just a motivation to stay up a little bit longer and talk to mom or talk to dad. And sometimes we're really tired, but it also is a time for them when their mind is just really working. And it's maybe a time that they share with you some struggles that they're having at school or having with a friend. And you can have some really meaningful conversations with them at bedtime. Uh, so I just want to uh, encourage you all to use that time wisely. Now we're also in a season of life where our kids are a broad age range and so some kids might be going to bed while other ones aren't even home and then I'm getting older and some of my kids work past my bedtime and so that makes it really difficult too. So I don't want to discourage you to think, man I haven't been able to see my kid at bedtime for a couple of nights because they're a teenager or they're working a job but just know when you can have those moments to have them and sometimes for us with our older kids where it used to be in the hall with them and they're in their bed and we have prayer time now I'm in bed and they're sitting at the end of my bed <laughs> so that's what uh, the going to bed rhythm looks like for our teenagers sometimes now as well number four the rhythm is getting up in the morning uh, so I know for some families a short morning prayer before everyone heads out 
can be a really powerful time. Again, for our family in this season, everybody's leaving at different times. And so you have to find what works best for your family. And maybe you say on this day, I'm gonna spend a few moments with the older children before they leave. And on this day, I'm gonna spend some extra time with the younger children. Some families love to put scripture verses up on a chalkboard by the kitchen table to discuss or learn each week. Uh, but each year brings a little bit of different routine, so we adjust accordingly. Right now, I drive my eight-year-old to uh, a bus stop down the road, and this gives me a few minutes to ask how I can pray for him, maybe what he's worried about or thinking about uh, for the day upcoming. And he struggles a little bit with fear, and so this allows me time to really just pour into him and speak the truth from God's Word that God is always with us and He knows everything that's going on and that we can trust in Him. And so just to hear those words before He gets on the bus for the day can be just the encouragement that He needs to not be fearful. What's powerful about it is it's more consistent. The more consistent it is, the more your kids realize that faith in Christ is a part of everyday life. Again, it's not, we're memorizing this scripture so we can recite it at church on Sunday, or we're going to go get a new outfit because there's a special occasion at church on Sunday. Things aren't leading up to a worship service on Sunday or a special event like Easter or Christmas. If we model this and we implement these rhythms into our routines, our kids see, no, my parents' faith is an integral part of their everyday lives. And we model that it becomes a part of their everyday lives as well. So we can, we can start by making it tangible. Knowing our tendency to get easily distracted. Who gets easily distracted? Yes, yes, yes. Very much so. More so the older I get too. Just busyness and you start one thing and you don't finish it and then you go to the next thing and you then the next thing you're like, oh my goodness, I never finished the first thing. So anyway, well God made worship tangible. And the word tangible literally means perceptible by touch. This probably isn't the first word that comes to mind when you think about God, and for good reason. God is great, unchanging, He's eternal, He cannot be contained or controlled. We can't wrap our minds around it, let alone our actual feasible fingers. But this is one of the surprises of Scripture, is the God who should be beyond our reach consistently makes Himself tangible. The incarnation stands out as the most obvious. Jesus, God in flesh, and blood tangible just like us. Even before Jesus was born, God encouraged tangible acts of worship. In the Old Testament, one of the most consistent responses people have after meeting with God is to construct an altar. The altar served as an immediate purpose. It was a location for the burnt offering, but it also acted as a tangible prompt for future generations. Like in Joshua 4, 7, these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. So that was tangible. And then there's the Passover, the most prominent event in the Old Testament. The annual celebration of God delivering his people from bondage in Egypt is incredibly tactile. God could have told his people to simply just recount the story, recount the Exodus story. But instead, he made it a rhythm people could touch and taste. Eat this bread, eat this lamb. Jesus kept spiritual practices tangible too. In his final meal with the disciples, he elevated that Passover tradition, making the tangible elements of bread and wine and giving them a fresh meaning. The bread will be his body, the wine, his sacrificial blood. But while providing that new meaning, he still kept the tangible practice. Keep eating this bread, keep drinking this wine. 
Jesus knew that we as flesh and blood creatures would need that tangible reminder of truth. That's why these, some people say traditions, but their spiritual rhythms, why they're so important, more so even than just telling the story. So instead of a lengthy theological explanation, Jesus just said, here, have some bread, remember. So I want you to think about what can you do tangibly Start with something you can touch. Just as God gave tangible reminders to aid his people in worship rhythms, we can use tangible reminders in our home. I am very visual. If I put something away, I forget about it. If you come to my office, you will see that that is uh, prevalent in my office as well. I don't put it away because if I put it away, I forget about it. So we need tangible reminders in our home to help our families turn their attention to God and to one another. You know, all of our objects, all the objects in our home, they nudge us towards something, don't they? It might be a memory of a family member. It might be a memory of an event or something that was given to us. It might, might also be a nudge us towards something of the world as a distraction. The challenge is to replace objects that can push us and our kids into isolation video games, smartphones, etc. Replace those with objects that can encourage true connection with God and others. Interestingly, with some helpful prompts in our home, not only can we cultivate these spiritual rhythms for our kids, but our kids can help cultivate spiritual rhythms for us. How many of our kids, once we set a routine or a rhythm or we're going to do this, they're the ones who remind us. <laughs> I have a couple of those kids in my house too. Remember, Mom, we're reading that book. Remember, Mom, we're supposed to be reading this every night. Remember, Mom, you said after school that we could do this. So once we set those things in place, our kids are great reminders of those rhythms for us. So I just want to be clear, too. That doesn't mean we need to clutter our house with more Christian stuff to remind us to do things. That doesn't help us engage in worship necessarily or to have these rhythms Go, I want you to go home though and to think and look at the items around you. Do they help you turn your gaze to God? I think that's just an example or a, a um, challenge that we can have as we go. What is lying beside our bed on our bedside table? What's on our coffee table? What's on the table or on the floor beside our favorite chair? What is prevalent in our family's most uh, occur gathering area. If your family gathers at a certain area most of the time, what in that area could be a cue, a tangible reminder to focus that time on their relationship with Christ? So, so again, not reinventing the wheel, starting with some tangible practices for yourself, like what I put on your handout, putting a Bible on your bedside table beside your couch or your favorite chair leaving a stack of Bible memory verses in a high traffic area, maybe your front door or your car, placing a prayer jar in the kitchen and writing requests on strips of paper, stashing your phone under your prayer journal so you have to physically pick up your journal first, even if only moving it out of, way, out of the way to pick up your phone, <laughs> and then involve your kids. Even your older kids can become a big part of this to help them understand what is it that's tangible in your space that nudges you maybe to things of the world and away from things of God, and what could they place out that would be a tangible reminder to be in the Word, to worship, and to pray. 
uh, again, just some other things that I wrote, inviting their kids to reach into that jar for a prayer prompt and to reach out to God in prayer. To add another stack of Bible memory verses, this time in a high traffic area, I obviously wrote the restroom because that is where uh, we take our phones now and we can take something else to read that is more important. And I know y'all gonna be saying, but I can look up the Bible app on it. Well, you can, but you aren't. So, <laughs> so put something else there. <laughs> Place a pretty kneeling pad beside your child's bed as a visual prompt. I guarantee you, if you put something new beside your kid's bed, they're gonna be like, what is that there for? And what are you gonna do with that? And so again, it doesn't have to be weird. It doesn't have to be, we're gonna spend this time doing this, but just say, that's a visual to me that I wanna spend more time praying with you about your needs and what's going on in your life. And this is how we're gonna use it. Again, it's just you putting your knees there, nothing special, nothing magical about it. It's just that visual prompt. And then even thinking about your older kids and creating a treasure chest in which you could regularly stash your smartphones away. And it could become anything. You could say, hey, this is our little spot that during this time where we're gonna be either in the Word together, we're gonna be in prayer together, we're gonna be journaling together, and we're gonna take off our watches, we're gonna take off our smart, and we're just gonna put them here. And they're gonna be there and they're gonna be safe, and then you can get them back out when we're finished. So just make it fun for them. Given the chance, our children can surprise us by their willingness to adopt a spiritual rhythm, especially if that rhythm is, has a tangible element to it. They can become more diligent about these rhythms than we are if we're not careful. And that would actually be a very good byproduct of this, wouldn't it? If we actually started something and then they became even more diligent about it than, than us. So think about your kids. What is something that they would jump on to be a part of this? Maybe it is you have somebody who would love to write down prayer requests and prayer requests that you earnestly have to see the power that would come from your child writing down an earnest prayer request that you have in your life where they see either you're struggling or you have some sadness that you're bringing your request before God, that could be a very powerful thing for your family. Think about another child maybe as a stickler for those Bible stories at bedtime. They're gonna remind you, mom, it's time to read that book. Dad, it's time to do that devotion. Again, I have a few of those in my home. <laughs> so when we think about discipline, the term spiritual discipline can induce the weight of responsibility when God actually intends for our practices of these good habits to bring a lightness and a joy to our lives, not a, oh, we gotta do this, oh, we gotta do this. And it's not even just a checklist, but just the lightness and joy. Matthew 11, 28 through 30, it paints a powerful picture of the rhythm that we experience when we walk with God and develop these regular spiritual practices. It may take our children many years to really fully understand the value of God's rhythm of grace, but teaching them to develop good spiritual practices now will set them up for beautiful growth in the years to come. So we've discussed some spiritual disciplines in here before uh, last semester, and I listed some on your handout. But before you look over the list, I wanna challenge you, challenge each other, me included, to choose one of those disciplines to really hone in on, to really focus in on, maybe for this week, maybe for this month, 
maybe if this is not something that you're used to doing at all, that you say for this whole year, this is something that we as a family, that me as an individual, as a follower of Christ, is really going to implement into my daily routine. Discipline is a word that we do not like to use for many reasons. Our children don't like to uh, hear it as well unless we're wired with some kind of inner sense of compliance and regulation, and some of us are, and it is okay, this is a no judgment zone, <laughs> we find it often hard to discipline ourselves in a lot of areas of our lives, for sure. But for kids who are still growing in maturity, discipline can be even harder. But even if we struggle to discipline ourselves, it is our sacred responsibility as parents who claim to be followers of Christ to model commitment and routine for our children. And the beautiful thing is, as we work to develop these rhythms with our kids, guess what's gonna happen? It's gonna work on us too. We're gonna grow in our walk with the Lord and our discipline ourselves. So I just wanna remind you guys to start simple. Don't be the overachiever in here. <laughs> Think about, pick a few of those spiritual rhythms, those four rhythms. Where could you really be intentional about that time of the day and then look at the spiritual disciplines and what is one thing that you can focus on to add to your day and your family's routine this month and the school year. And as always, we're here to encourage you. We wanna give you resources and ways to be successful with your children in family discipleship and these spiritual practices as well. Thanks for listening to the Parent Gathering Podcast. We invite you to join us at 9.30 on Sunday mornings in room 215, where we will have opportunities for discussion among other parents. For more information about Living Hope Next Gen Ministries, go to livehopeful.com.